our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello, today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Business, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me, we actually have a special guest in today. We have Kara, our VA from GTI, joining us because Maya is on wedding leave. Would you call it that? She's getting ready for her wedding. She's getting married. (laughs) Can you believe it? You got married. Was it 2020? 2022. 2020. Last year? I think so, yeah. What was it like the like the month before? Because that's where Maya is right now. It was very, very difficult and very stressful. So we're all, we're really feeling for her right now. We, we are. She's got a lot on. The poor girl, but she's, you know, she's going to come back. She's going to be a married woman and we just can't wait to have a talk with her. But until then, we are joined by a very special guest. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> My pleasure. Now, before we get into the episode, we want to thank our season sponsor, RentApp. Paying rent is a hassle, but what if we told you there's an easier and more straightforward way? Meet RentApp, your ultimate rent paying sidekick. No more ATM trips, no more checks, and no more app juggling. RentApp deposits your rent directly into your landlord's account hassle-free. Plus, it's free to you and your landlord doesn't need an account either. But here's the kick. RentApp doesn't just stop at rent. They're all about helping you build a brighter financial future. There's even an option to report rent payments to boost your credit score, making home ownership more achievable. For our GTI listeners, we've got an exclusive deal. Use our referral link rent.app slash GTI for $50 cash back on your first rent payment. Ready to simplify? Check out the referral link in the description or head over to rent.app slash GTI and make rent a breeze. Now, this week, we are going to be talking about getting into business with your best friend. It can seem quite alluring. It can seem very daunting. And a survey conducted by the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor revealed that 40% of new business owners in the States embark on their business journey with a family member or friends, 
But that's not such a bad thing. A study by the Harvard Business Review highlighted that businesses started by friends are actually more likely to survive the crucial first years with a survival rate of 45% compared to 25% for those started by acquaintances. However, it does not come without its complications, and in this episode, we'll be diving into how to decide if you should go to business with your best friend, how to make sure it doesn't go sour, what traits to look out for, how to manage difficult conversations, and what to do if things don't work out. Love this topic. Very close to your heart. (laughs) Very close to my heart. I seem to only do business with friends. Yeah, you're going to have some really good insights into this, I think. Okay, so let's start off. How do you even know if you should go into business with your friend? How do you know? I find that I, I guess I could call it a gut feeling, but maybe I can try and put it into more like a systematic way. But I just really love working with people that I already know and trust. And I know that when you get started in business, you can absolutely meet amazing people that you haven't met before that come through a more natural route, like hiring, like Mm -hmm. you and I. But when I was younger and my first business I started called The Indian Feminist, I was a teenager and I didn't know the process of what to look for in a person to do business with. And so my first business partner was one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like the right thing to do because I just thought, you know, I know her, I trust her. We get along day to day. We've had tough conversations as friends, but you've got family that do business together on both sides of your family. I do. Yes. My husband runs a business with his family and my dad actually used to have a business with his brothers as well. Positives and negatives. Yeah. So you've seen it firsthand. Yeah. Do you think that's the reason why they wanted to get into business with their family? Like the trust and, you know, keeping everyone together or I guess, what would you say? Yeah, I think that was definitely a part of it. And also if they're in the same field and same interests, that's another part as well. I don't think that it's maybe a good idea for everybody to be in business with their family or their friends. I think it definitely takes like a certain person. So did everyone think it was a good idea for you to work with or hire your friends? Did everyone think it was a good idea? Absolutely not. Yeah. I think <laughs> my dad has known, like for example, with Sonia and I, we didn't start doing business together as co-founders, but we started working together as in we brought her into the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad, my dad has seen Sonia and I since we were like five years old and we would hang out together during school holidays and he would see us fight all the time because that's just <laughs> what you do when you're like five years old or eight years old. And he was like, he would just joke about it. He always thought it was a good idea for us to do it, but he'd always kind of be like, so what's the argument this week? Or like, what's the tea this month? Because we'd that's just how we were as kids. And I was like, no, it will be fine, dad. And it genuinely was overall a very positive experience, like working with Sonia, working with Hasharan, working with Maya. These are people that I consider my best friends. It just is really interesting because there's so many horror stories that Mm -hmm. you see. And that's not to say that we, like my friends, all three of us haven't had difficult conversations and difficult times and misunderstandings. But I think it just comes down to, you know, clear communication and, So to answer your question, what very roundabout way of answering your question, did people think it was a good idea? No, but would I recommend it to other people for the right friends? And I'm sure we'll get into it. Awesome. 
From the beginning, how do you make sure things don't go sour? How do you make sure things don't go sour? I found it really helpful to set clear expectations and boundaries. Boundaries is a weird word when you like are talking about your own friends. You don't really think, oh my God, I don't want to talk to this person or I'm going to put this boundary up. But with every single friend, I like sat down with them and I brought the idea up with them and I was like, hey, I'm starting this thing. I'd love for you to be part of it as a podcast co-host, or I'd love for you to be part of the show, or I'd love for you to be part of this other aspect of the business. And once I got a gauge of if they were interested, I was like, obviously this is going to be paid. This is not a free thing or an intern. It's not like, hey, as my friend, can you come and help me? Because that would be unfair. Yeah. You don't want to take advantage of your friends and family, but you just find that you can sit down, have a conversation, and then after you talk, you say, awesome, do you mind if I put this into writing so that we have a contract? And I think that's how you stop it from going sour. From the beginning, you say, okay, this is what I'd love for you to do. This is the time frame. This is how much it'd be paid. These are like the things we'll measure to make sure it's going well. So for a podcast co-host, it's things like, you know, researching the topic or turning up on time. And, and you, you might be listening and going, of course, like my friends will do that. And my friends always did that. But if you don't set those really clear expectations in the same way that you would with like a colleague, then you don't want any room for misunderstandings to happen. You don't want someone to go, I thought this was just like something I was doing as a favor. You want them to feel like, no, we're really serious and we're going to do this and it's going to be really fun and helpful. Yeah. Clear, open communication, clear expectations. Awesome. Okay. While you're working with your friends... Who all have you worked with again? So I worked with a friend called Hasharan, who I did The Indian Feminist with. So we co-founded that. It was a Instagram page. We did content. And that was a true partnership in terms of she owned half of it and I owned half of it. Okay. And then I've worked with Sonia on the podcast. She started the Girls That Invest podcast with me. And then Maya has also started the Girls That Startup podcast with me. And how did you meet Maya? I met Maya at work. We were work friends that, and then we kind of did it all together. Like we lived together for a little bit. I lived in her house with her sister. Oh, wow. Um, and then we became really close and then we became his friends. And now I'm a bridesmaid to her wedding and Yay. we work together. Like So exciting. It's, yeah, I, I seem to really love it to intertwine yes. my friendships <laughs> and my business. <laughs> What traits do you look for when you work with or go into business with people that you know? What traits do you think I look for? Like you, I guess you've seen Maya and Sonia mm -hmm. and you've worked really closely with them. For those listening, you know, Kara helps with so much, I guess all the behind the scenes of the podcast and the show. So you get to like see what we do. Do you see similarities? Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is positive. Like everybody's so positive. Everybody's encouraging. Everybody's a cheerleader for each other, like lifting each other up. I think that's really important. Oh, that's what a else? good one. <laughs> I think you fit into that really well as well because we're all, I think we're all kind of like that. And mm. I wonder if that being positive just means that with the inevitable ups and downs in business, you've just got people that are going to take it in good faith and be like, oh my goodness, you know, this happened or this got changed. We weren't expecting this, but we're positive people. So we'll, I don't know, go with the flow. Yeah. And it creates like a really good work environment, work culture as well. 
What other traits do you think? You know what? That's fair. I did kind of cop out on that one. You were like, anyway, Simran, back to answering your own question. (laughs) So, yeah, I think looking at finding friendships that are super positive because that just means you have a really positive work culture that is really helpful Mm -hmm. in who you do business with. I think the second trait that I look for when doing business with friends is I think, yes, being positive is definitely one of them. I would say someone that's just like open to new things, like someone that's got flexible. a real flexible personality trait. So, you know, when you start off, especially if you're at the beginning of your business journey, you're going to say, hey, let's trial it this way. Let's say we used to only do virtual podcast recordings. Right. And then after a while, we were like, oh, actually, maybe sometimes in-person works better. So then we changed it. Hey, can you come into the studio and record? Then we were like, that's not actually working as well. We come together. We hang out. We're friends. We get lunch. We get less work done. Yeah. <laughs> like we would tell Kara, like, yep, we're going to have five recordings this week. And then we'd record and we'd give you three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was like that was a pained laugh if I've heard one but it was yeah it wasn't efficient and so then we were like okay let's do a hybrid model where we record sometimes in person because we get to still enjoy that and then some virtually and so you need that flexibility amongst the people that you work with in general but especially amongst friends because mm-hmm. as friends you are naturally going to slack off like we are just going to sit together and be like oh my god let's record but also did you see what happened on that person's Instagram post? And we're going to discuss it for like 20 minutes and be like, well, that's an episode that we could have recorded. (laughs) You've got other gossip and other things, topics to talk about. Just life updates. Like, how have you been? Oh my God, not well. Let's talk about it. And then it's like, we also have to do our jobs. Yeah. (laughs) So I think flexibility is really important. And I would just say the flexibility has been Like just someone that's willing to learn because it's weird to work with your friends. I I think it really is. It's weird to get feedback from your friends. You know, we have always been really good and open as friends. Like if I do something that's like maybe upset one of my friends, they can tell me and they often do and, and vice versa. When you're in a work environment, it's slightly different. You can still tell them and they can still tell me, but now it's a employee-employer relationship and how comfortable are you to tell your boss, hey, I didn't like it when you said this or that Slack message came across passive-aggressive, was it? Like, you know, is there a problem here? So I think it's really important to, yeah, have someone that's comfortable with feedback in a work environment because you can have feedback as friends, but it's just different when you've, you know. Yeah, definitely is, yeah. How did you determine who would take on which roles and responsibilities in the business? Because that's when it can get a little tricky. It can get a little tricky. I made the mistake of at the start, like with Hasharan or with Sonia, to be like, hmm, let's just do it all together. Yeah. Like I'll do emails and you'll do emails. I'll do editing and you'll do editing. I'll come up with podcast ideas and you can come up with podcast ideas. And we did that for a little while and it didn't work because you step on each other's toes. You're like, oh, wait, I think I'm kind of naturally worse at this thing. I'm letting her down or I'm naturally better at this thing. And I can see myself just wanting to do it quicker and get it, you know, out the way for her. But then all that also comes across like you're just taking over someone else's work. Right. So very quickly we learned to sit down and go, okay, these are my jobs. I'm going to do the socials. I'm going to do the DMs. I'm going to do the business management. 
and your job is you're really good at podcast editing, you're really good at coming up with uh, podcast titles or ideas or descriptions, and you're really good at like managing partnerships with brands and getting you know sponsorships for us. And so that's how we separated the roles. I don't think you always naturally know what you're good at. Sometimes you just have to both do it all for like three months and then go, what did I like and what am I just naturally better at and what do they like and they're naturally better at and then go from there. That's true. What do you think are the key factors that have contributed to your success as business partners and as friends? Just talking, (laughs) just talking it out, like just being so comfortable, like when Sonia and I started doing the podcast together, the Call Her Daddy breakup had just happened. Ooh. So Alex Cooper, yeah. do, do you know the... Of course. <laughs> yeah. So, so for those who are listening that don't know, there's a podcast called Call Her Daddy, which is like, it's like the Joe Rogan for women. Like it's just... <laughs> yeah, that's a good way. <laughs> it's just like the world's biggest podcast hosted by a female podcaster and they were two best friends and they started podcasting and... It was going well and long story short, they had a disagreement on how the business should go moving forward. Like they were with a production media company called Barstools. One of them wanted to move away from Barstools. The other one was like, we can move away, but we'll move away, you know, slowly over time. Like they've offered us a five-year contract or their intellectual property was with Barstools. And then Sophia was like, nope, and she left and Alex Cooper stayed. And when that happened, Sonia and I had just started Girls That Invest and we sat down together and we said, if this podcast starts to affect our friendship, we'll stop doing the podcast together. And, you know, things have changed and lo and behold, we actually have stopped doing the podcast together, Mm -hmm. not because there was you know, this one big blowout, but we realized that we just wanted different things. We had different passions and, you know, change happens and you can't expect both of us to have done the same thing forever. But I think what made it work so well when we were doing it together was that we could just be so open and say, hey, I didn't like it when you did this. I didn't like it when you did that. Obviously, no one ever means harm. So Mm. if something ever happens, I'm like, I know she didn't mean it. Let me just tell her. And 99.99% of the time, the other person's going to be like, oh, yeah, of course. I'm so sorry. But if you don't tell them that something upset you, then you just harbor. Just builds up and builds up. It just builds up. So I think that is how it's worked. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. 
To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Awesome. So going on to our next section, what happens if it doesn't work out? Let's talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) What are some things that you didn't expect to happen when you got started? When I've started like business partnerships or like worked with friends in like an employee-employer capacity, I didn't expect, and this is so naive of me in hindsight, but I didn't realize that there would be a power imbalance because I was like, these are my friends. Like, yeah. I really love them and respect them. And whatever they say, like, I'll take it at face mm-hmm. value. And if they're like, hey, you know, whatever problems they'll have, they will just come to me because I'm comfortable telling them what's on my mind. It is not fair to assume that. Yeah. Because that's not just your friend anymore. That's your employee. And you're not just their friend anymore. You're their boss that's paying them and naturally you want to do really well in your job which is like designed that way so you don't want to upset your friend slash boss you want to do things right you want to try your best and so maybe if there is something that's bothering you you don't always feel as comfortable to tell that person and that was hard for me to realize that wait I can't just assume someone's going to tell me what's on their mind I actually have to actively seek it and do chickens and be like hey like weekly chicken calls how are we doing Mm -hmm. is there anything i'm doing better constant reminder that you can tell me if there's something that i can change because i know that it's unfair to be like well if i'm doing something wrong that would just come to me and tell me straight away yeah that's true definitely a power imbalance i can see that with like friends and family it would be really really tough to navigate i think did you notice that with the family businesses like, how did they navigate Yeah, it? I think in, in some cases, for sure. Like, my dad used to tell me stories about him and his brother. If they got into an argument about work, they'd just go into the back and beat each other up. Beat each other like, up. physically fight. Because they're brothers. Like, that was just how they would communicate. But I think one thing that I, <laughs> I see, I know, it's so bad. I was not expecting that. That's <laughs> oh, such a turn. <laughs> There's a power imbalance sometimes in family business with the parents and the children. Yeah. I think that's... Obviously. I mean, there is kind of a power imbalance just being in a family. Yes. Parents versus the children. But yeah, I see that a lot. And I can see how that could be projected into a business with friends as well. Because you just like you want the best for each other, obviously. And that's why you're in business. And there's so much trust. But then there's such a blur of how you handle conflict. I mean, I can't say that we ever got into physical fights here at Girls That Invest. <laughs> I'm really happy to hear that. But like when we were kids, we used to physically fight. Like, But you guys are like sisters. So yeah. that's kind of why it's like the same type of family dynamic. We've known each other for 22 years. And so like we were eight years old pushing each other around. Yeah. <laughs> can't do that in the office though. Yeah, nope. <laughs> I would say something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So how do you manage communication in a business setting differently than in your personal relationship? I want to start by saying one thing that we didn't do well at the beginning (laughs) of Girls That Invest is we used to have 
like iMessage for everything and it would be like hey are you still good to record today also by the way I saw this like really nice dress that I think you should buy that's not healthy yeah (laughs) that is not how like to work with friends or to work with family you cannot be like hey dinner's at seven or so you need to like change the way you do this in your emails like it just it doesn't no work doesn't work (laughs) so one thing with Sonia and I is we found that if we had anything personal that we wanted to talk about we would you know text it to each other on our personal phones and if we wanted to have a personal call we would video call on like a personal platform like I don't know messenger video and then if we wanted to talk about work we would have dedicated work like laptops or channels or phones or whatever it is to talk about work so for us that was slack and it was our work emails like similar and yeah. you know at girlsandvest.com i just realized i shared my email <laughs> out to the world that's all right but you know rather than like simran core 878 at gmail.com or whatever my email is we couldn't do that anymore and that's been really helpful if we wanted to do like a video call we'd do like a google meet or a zoom or a teams call not a you know call from your personal phone separating that out just meant that you would show up as a different version of yourself, like your business relationship versus your personal one. True. Is there any situations that you like come to mind where you had a disagreement with like a friend that you worked with and how you resolved it? Like every week? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was definitely one. I remember with one of my friends that I was working with in Instagram, there was a situation where I misunderstood what she had asked of and I was like rather than going to her and being like hey I heard from you know this person that this is what you wanted like let's talk about it I just kind of first of all I messaged her on slack so it meant the tone was like you couldn't have told if I was like trying to be friendly and be like hey how's it going just wanted to check in or if it came in as like hey you know this is what I heard and I was just kind of Like, I see this has happened, just letting you know, like, this is not how we do things with this particular topic. And I just hope you can understand that and let me know if you have any questions. And I think in hindsight, it was very blunt. Mm -hmm. The good thing is that friend messaged me on Slack and she was like, hey, like, I feel like this message like kind of took me by surprise. It's come across like very strong and I didn't realize that this was a concern and I'd love to talk it out. And so... The way we resolved it is we actually had a call and by having a call and talking it out, like we actually got to go back and forth and she was like, oh no, this is what I meant when I asked that. And I was like, okay, I've completely misunderstood what you were asking. What you've asked for is actually totally fine. And I'm so sorry for coming in so defensively in the tone of how it was sent. And you, I think, you know, it's a good lesson. You can't always get it right. And sometimes you do misunderstand things when you share them, but we were fine from that. Yeah. I think that happens a lot, even without friends. Like if you send a message and you don't understand the tone that they're saying it in, or if you misunderstand, it happens a lot, unfortunately, with texting, emails, messages, things like that. I've also learned from myself, like I'm just such a short messenger is that the right way of saying it? I just send short very and sweet. That's a very sweet way of saying it. I send very short and sweet messages because to me, I'm like, I don't want to waste their time. Whatever they need from me, it's like, yes, sounds good. Or thank you so much. That's great. Or no, we won't do that. And so I found that it was really helpful to realize that about myself, that I send very quick toned messages. And sometimes I have to 
either like let the other person know like, hey, we're going to start working together. My messages can be a bit short. They're not short because I don't like what you're saying or I don't care. I just, usually I text on the go. Like I might be walking somewhere, I'll see something and I'll be like, that's awesome. And I'm so thankful. But yeah, it's just finding how you communicate, letting other people know about it and understanding how they communicate and what they prefer. And so at the start of GTI, when someone works with us, we'll ask them if it's a quick message, do you want to be told on Slack? Do you want to be told on email? Do you want a call? Do you want a text? Do you want a meeting? You know, if it's something longer, how do you want to be given feedback? And that way we can cater to them and, and then they can also understand like how I like to communicate. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So what would happen if you realize you don't want to work with someone anymore or you don't want to work together anymore? This was something that Sonia and I actually came to a decision with and it was really hard because, you know, you work with your best friend and you love them and you get to spend time with them and it's, it doesn't feel like work because it's like hanging out with your best friend and then you're getting paid to talk on a podcast like that. How good. <laughs> it's like how fun. And oftentimes like at the end of a recording, we'd get to go, we just got paid for that. You know, like we just got to do this and this is so fun. But there comes a time when sometimes your, you know, views on things don't align or your passion doesn't align or people have things going on in their own lives, which means that their priorities change and it's not a, hey, I don't want to see you again thing. Like I think when you have to separate your work friendships from your personal friendships, it like gets really mixed up and muddled. And sometimes it is really difficult to separate yeah. those and separate working with your best friend who is like kind of your boss right now. And that is really weird. And I think what I find, the three things I look for when it's time to accept that things need to end is one, like if the passion leaves, that's obviously like a really easy one to tell. That wasn't necessarily what happened here. But, you know, if you're like, oh, this relationship that we're having, we're not really feeling passionate about seeing each other anymore. Or we're not really passionate about the work anymore. And the second one is when it starts to cause more anxiety than excitement. Like it used to be, you know, really exciting working with your best friend. And if you suddenly start finding that it's not as exciting and you're getting more stressed, that shouldn't be the way that things are going. And you, the third and probably the most important one and the one that we always stuck by is if it's starting to seep into your personal friendship, let it go. It is not worth losing friendships or family ties mm. if you find that your business problems are seeping into your personal problems. Like yeah. that's just, you don't want to lose a friend over it. No, don't want to lose a friend over it. And people change and grow as they get older and they might just have a different direction they want to go in. Absolutely. And I think those three things have really helped in the businesses I have run with people or businesses where I've had people work with me that are friends and also in the experiences I've had where I've watched other people go into business together. It's usually those three reasons where they decide it's okay to put things aside. And I know a lot of people worry around like, is this a failure? You know, what will people say? I don't see it that way. What I like to remind my friends and family when they're in these situations is, you know, it is okay. Everything changes and everything grows and not everyone is going to be the exact same and want the exact same things as when, you know, you started together. And it's all right to just embrace the change and just like 
want the best for everyone and sometimes the best for everyone looks like maybe not what you expected or not what you Mm. wanted at the start. Yeah, it might be different than what you want, yeah. This entire episode, all I can think about is your dad and his brother fighting in the background. (laughs) They're still, they're friends now, guys. Are they? (laughs) They love each other after they stopped doing the business together, but yeah, they went different ways. How did they know when to stop? I think my dad's sister was the one that was kind of like, guys, enough's enough. Like, this is embarrassing. Oh, really? You guys are grown men right now. Yeah. And then they, it just stopped and they went different ways to different things and they're still great family members now. Christmas time is still fun. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there you go. And it goes to show like you can end things in a business sense, but it doesn't mean you have to, you know, put everything else aside forever. But yeah, I hope this episode answered your questions. I'd love to ask, would you ever do business with a friend? I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, as you said, if you have the same passions and like the same drive and you set clear expectations, I think I would do it. Yeah. Even though it can be challenging, but any business, any profession can be challenging at times. You just have to work through it and weigh out if it's going to be worth it in the long run or not. That is a beautiful place to wrap it up. Thank you so much for sharing. I hope you've had a really good time listening to this episode. I hope you've been able to take away a few things. You know, we're very candid here at Girls That Invest and we just find that it is so helpful to hear from other people's journeys and stories. That's how we like to learn. Now, if you want to learn more, Keep listening in to the Girls at Startup series. They come out every Thursday. We will also be doing a deep dive with Karen next week. So tune in to learn all about being a virtual assistant and how to get started and what that entails. Until then, see you next week. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with the disclaimer. Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Always do your research and please do your due diligence.